American songwriter, we had the opportunity to talk to Evan Stanley over Zoom video. Evan Stanley is the son of frontman, rhythm guitar player, and co-vocalist of the legendary rock band Kiss. It's fascinating because we've also interviewed on uh, Bringing It Backwards, Sophie Simmons, Gene Simmons' daughter, and both her and Evan didn't get into music because their parents were in Kiss. I just found that so fascinating. Evan really didn't get into music until he was about 10 years old. He said Green Day, American Idiot, like changed his life. But prior to that, obviously, uh, listening to the Beatles and, and stuff like that. But he talks about how he really was drawn to guitar and how at about age 10, he asked his dad to show him some guitar. So he taught him a few chords. He'd wake him up at like six in the morning. Hey, dad, you know, show me another chord. And from there, he just kind of took it and rode with it, uh, learned a bunch of blues stuff, took us through his whole musical journey and how he was in different bands in Los Angeles, moved to New York City to pursue music there, played in some bands in New York, moved back to Los Angeles, and that's where he's really started the solo career, and he's kind of turned into more of a pop. He's always loved pop music, but has been really deeply rooted in the blues and the classic rock scene. But he's releasing music now as a solo artist, and it's amazing. He has this rad cover of Blinding Lights and Memories up on his Spotify. But his most recent original song he just put out, which is also absolutely amazing, is called El Camino. So check that out. Evan Stanley, his brand new song, El Camino. And watch our interview with Evan on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. And follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Bringing Back Pod. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts. We're bringing it backwards with Evan Stanley. Thank you so much for doing this. Super excited. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. I'm um, stoked. Awesome. I was just uh, listening to your cover of Memories. It's it's like, I, I mean, dude, you can hit those notes like perfectly. Thanks, man. I mean, yeah, it's awesome. Actually, I really liked your Blinding Lights cover, too. Um, Thanks a lot. Yeah, the version of you, that you did it. I think I'm not a huge fan of the original, and I heard that one. I was like, "Wow!" Like that song, like really. I don't know. I th I thought it was amazing, so I just want to let you know that. <laughs> Appreciate it, man. Thanks so much. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And your original stuff too, which we'll get into. But um, this podcast is all about you, man, and and your journey in music, how you got to where you are now. Um, I know you came from a musical household, obviously, but. Your, so your songs don't sound anything like, you know, the stuff that your dad was putting out at the time. So I'm sure I'm curious to see how it's, you got into uh, music. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, we're different people. So that kind of makes sense. It's, sure, uh, sure. Yeah. I, know, I, it's, uh, go ahead. It's uh, no, it's one of those things. It's funny. Like a lot of people are like, oh, you must have been playing music since like you walked out of the womb. It's like, nah, I got into it. Like I was probably 10 or 11. And uh my best friend played guitar and I went over to his place and he could play smells like teen spirit, which like I wasn't into Nirvana like at all then, but I knew the song and the fact that he could play, it was like, what the fuck? Like I sure. have to be able to do that. So that's really what got me into it was seeing my friend Justin play. It was like, that just blew my mind. I went home. I was like, dad, you have to teach me guitar. And I'd said that a couple of times before. And it was like, you know, you'd show me a chord and I'd forget and like, whatever. <laughs> but I was like, no, like you have to show me, you have to show me. So he showed me like three chords and I played them all night. Like I remembered in the morning and I woke him up. It must've been like six in the morning. Cause it was before elementary. So I'm like, you have to show me another chord. <laughs> and it's like, I can only imagine like your kid standing over you, waking up that early being like, show me now. It's like, Oh, but he did. And uh, but he was probably stoked. You know, I mean, that that's what he does. So he was probably like, Oh my God. Like how, how awesome my kid wants to learn how to play guitar. Yeah, like he was like, he showed me that. And then like, you know, the next two days, he showed me a couple more. And then he's like, all right, like, if you're serious about this, like, I'll get you a guitar and like, you should, you should do it. So uh, that's, that's just what happened. But like, he never pushed me towards music. Neither of my parents really ever pushed me towards you know, anything. Like I was, uh, thank God I found it. I was horrible at sports. So like, you know, I was like in junior soccer and all that stuff when I was like, five, six, seven. I'm like, I didn't get the rules. I didn't get it. And I'm like, it's like, oh, and then I found music. It's like, okay, it's all that, good. That's amazing. I, it's interesting. Cause I interviewed Sophie Simmons and I don't know if you guys ran around oh, together yeah. as kids, 
Uh, but she oh, said yeah. the same thing. Like, yeah, because I was like, you must have gotten into music from your dad. And she goes, well, I, no, actually, like I didn't get into music until yeah. later. And her stuff is like, you know, electronic on the total other spectrum of, of what, <laughs> you know, both your parents were doing. Totally. So I just found that fascinating. And your story is very similar. I mean, um, were you born in New York or L.A.? Or tell me about L.A. Know, early, or L.A.? Talk to me a little bit yeah, about that. Yeah, I was that. born in L.A. And yeah, I mean, it was, uh, I grew up out here and I, I grew up thinking I hated L.A. Because, you know, when you're a kid, like, I love L.A. now and L.A. is amazing. But, like, you're very trapped if you can't drive because it's like, you know, so L.A. then was like it's so spread out my house, my <laughs> friends. Yeah, it's like it was like school, my parents house, my friend's parents house. So like the second I turned 18, I'm like, I'm moving to New York. And I left and I loved it there, but like it definitely ran its course. And LA is the spot. Like, it's funny. I never appreciated it growing up. And even um, even with music, like there wasn't, and also because of the time, like with everything being on the internet, it was like, I, I hit like that weird time where it was like a year or two before like SoundCloud and all that stuff. I'm talking like high school. Okay. It was like, like before that was like a whole, culture but live music also wasn't a whole thing either so it was like that kind of caught between like live music was going down mm -hmm. and internet stuff was going up but it wasn't where it was so it was like and especially without a car you know i i could drive like the end of high school but before that like it was a weird music scene where it's like okay you can't really go to shows sure and you can't like so there's like a lot a lot of playing guitar in my bedroom and then I moved to New York and it was great. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. It's like you walk everywhere, you get to shows every night. And... Right. Because, I mean, I, I grew up in Southern California. I grew up in San Diego. So we would take a lot of trips up to LA because oh, okay, had, yeah. had better venues. But when it came to like smaller clubs, a lot of them, like Troubadour, <laughs> wasn't that kind of, isn't, I don't know if it's, all the shows are 21 up, but a lot of the shows, there was like age limits on it. And like, there wasn't a whole yeah, lot of so all, all ages shows in LA, at least when, when I was growing up in San Diego. No, definitely not. And like, that was, I was like definitely a young looking 15, 16 too. So it was like, no fake idea was going to get me in anywhere. I looked like I was 13. Like, so I was just, I was really <laughs> just shit out of luck. And like, yeah, the Troubadour is 21 plus. And you know, like the whiskey and the Roxy would have like, you get your hand stamped and go in, but like, just not the best vibe, especially right. like I get like, and I love, I love, love, love like the sixties music scene here and like the Laurel Canyon scene and what was happening at the whiskey then. And I would kill to go back and see it, but like, I don't need to see the whiskey now. I've, I've done it. And like, it's, you know, I'll, and that's not a knock at all. Like I've had some really fun times there, but it's like, it's not, it's not like a place I would go to discover music. And like right. at that point when I was in high school, like I hadn't discovered like the whole, like, Oh, there's a lot of cool shit on the East side. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, like that was just, that was just starting to happen when I was in high school. So it was like, by the time I was coming back from New York, like by the time I was like 22 or so, I'd come back on trips and like, then I'd start to see like, Oh, there's like actually really cool stuff happening. Mm -hmm. And like, there's a lot more to LA than I thought. And like, maybe I was just more aware, maybe more was happening, whatever, but the music scene got really cool. And like, that's when I started missing a lot of opportunities by living in New York. Like I'd be out here and someone would be like, come to my show, come to the session, let's do this. And it's like, shit, I leave in like three days. So I finally was just like, all right, I'm moving back. Okay. <laughs> so through high school, were you, did you ever play in a band or was it always, you, you talked a lot about playing just in your room, so to speak, but were you, jamming with friends like did you guys try yeah. to play different various venues in LA yeah we did like I I played in a lot of like because then I didn't sing or write or anything I was just playing guitar so like I played in a lot of different like what's that downstairs place by Astro Burger that was like one of the few all ages oh, places so we played there a lot, my brother-in-law like, played there uh like a, two three years ago I forgot what that place is called uh, so, I know exactly yeah, what? is it like the it's not the echo flex it's something, I think it starts with an E. I don't remember. I know exactly. You walk down into it. Yeah. Like you're, yep. it's and like I'm right next to, yeah. It. It's right by Paramount Pictures and stuff. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, 
it's like the sketchiest little thing. It's like a door in an alley yes. behind Astro Burger, and you walk downstairs, and like I remember playing there a bunch. Like we played all the Sunset Strip places because like they were all ages. We played friends' houses and stuff. Like just a bunch of like there wasn't any one like band band I was in, but there were tons of different like there was a drummer Jackson I played with a ton and a bass player Skyler and like we would play with different singers like we did for hire gigs and then we did you know we'd choose a name and that month we would be that and sure. play a couple of shows and like but nothing ever like this is it kind of thing but mm-hmm. like a ton of a ton of playing like right. that was definitely good and that was super super fun and like I think a really good foundation especially for what I do now um I think that's something that I can bring, especially to production and to the kind of music I'm making now. It's like my background isn't in um, production first. It's in live music and, you know, mm-hmm. playing guitar, playing live. So I think the way you approach things is a little different. And I think getting getting kind of both, um, you know, sometimes leads to some interesting stuff. Sure, sure, sure. When, when did you start writing songs? Like, was it pretty quickly after you know, learning guitar or was it like covers? You talked about Smells Like Teen Spirit. Like, did you start focusing more yeah, on covers I, or start writing your own music? When I first started playing, I just want to play like Green Day songs. Like I just want to play every Green Day song I <laughs> yeah, possibly That's my favorite could. band of all time. So that's, I'm the love that oh, you dude, said they're that. The, <laughs> they're the best. Like American Idiots, like that got me. That was one of the first records. I It was around the same time, but like, that record for sure first was the first record totally separate from my parents. Like I love the Beatles and I was always a Beatles freak, but like my parents loved the Beatles. So like, you know, there was no, but that album, that green day album was like, that was the first album I absolutely fucked with the most that had nothing to do with my parents. I'm like, that got me going. And then, and then songs about Jane, the first Maroon five record, like the band one when they were right. Yeah. Like those two albums were the, like, that was the first time I had like my own musical taste, like totally separate. And I love, love, love them. So I was just trying to play everything I could that was Green Day and like every guitar solo on there, every, <laughs> every lick, every riff. It's like, and then, you know, as I think it was like that for a while. Then I got into Zeppelin. It's like, okay, every Zeppelin solo I can learn. I got super, excuse me, <laughs> into like British. I, I, so I stopped drinking I'm like, I love coffee so much. And I drink a lot of coffee. Uh-huh. Um, and yesterday my doctor's like, you can no longer have any caffeine. Oh um, my goodness. So I'm, I'm currently coming off that. And it's really like, it's, it sucks. Like I thought, yeah, it oh, yeah. I, I thought it'd be like, that's fine. Like I'll, I'll just like not have coffee, whatever. Like I can do, I can do, I can do anything. Like, oh, it sucks. So yeah. sorry if I, if I yawn a couple of times, it's because I've not had a cup of coffee and like, <laughs> 22 hours now and it's, oh, dude, i'm feeling don't, it don't worry about it i'm just worried about you having a headache i mean those are the worst the uh, caffeine I'm, I'm, headaches yeah i'm like we'll see this afternoon i'm not i'm not uh You're not there yet i'm not keeping my hopes up yeah <laughs> but um stay ahead of it with some like uh so, tylenol or something <laughs> yeah exactly and a nap um yeah sure no but i i just wanted to play everything i loved like i got super into british blues and like you know that's where because because i started as a guitar player too my tastes kind of felt like you know if you're super super passionate about guitar like and thank god i fell in love with green day first because it it really informs what i do now like green Mm -hmm. day was a pop band like yeah they were amazing and like they played and looked punk but they were pop for sure like they wrote hooks and that's what I love about them. Like to me, it always goes back to the song. Like that's always the most, you know, no matter how crazy face melting uh, the playing is like, if there isn't a song, I just can't be along for the ride for that long. It's just not, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just not my vibe. Like where it's like, you know, like 30 minute jam, unless you're Zeppelin and even with Zeppelin, it's not the kind of thing I can do like every single day, but like 30 minute jams are just like, I don't know. I, I want the chorus over and over. Right. Oh, like, yeah. I totally agree. But, go ahead. Oh, no, no, sorry. I was no, just going to no. say that, like, uh, green, because I'm a huge Green Day fan, like, the first record I ever owned was Dookie because I'm a bit older than you. Uh, but, the best. Um, like, with Green Day, you can break down every one of their songs and play it on an acoustic guitar and sing the hooks, and it and would sound great. like, yeah, they're all amazing songs. Like, there's no... Oh, so Well, he, like... 
He's an yeah. Everly Brothers freak. It's like yeah. I love my uh, Max, one of my buddies who I work with a lot. Like we were, we were um, at the studio, we were playing Green Day, and then he was like, "It's crazy." He's just like, "It's Everly Brothers with distortion," and like, he's like "Wait a second, it totally is." Like he's so he's so about that. Like, um, sorry, my my door gets pushed to my phone. So oh, dude. my phone and laptop start ringing like crazy if someone <laughs> I could hear my anything. Door. <laughs> dude, um, it's all good. Um, this is why I yeah, love like, uh, the, this this day and age we're in. I mean, unfortunately, it sucks because nobody can go outside. But the little behind the curtain things are just I, it just intrigues me and I love it. Oh yeah, there's no there's no illusion when it's like no matter how deep in it you get, your girlfriend buzzes the door to let you, you get in. It's like oh, I guess everything's gonna ring and it's gonna <laughs> sure. be. You no, know? I love it though. <laughs> No, me too. It's, but uh, yeah, like I love Green Day because the foundation is just an amazing song. And like the attitude comes from how it's done, not it's the attitude isn't like I'm so bad, but I'm confident. Look at me. It's like I'm really fucking good, but I'm going to play it with attitude. Right. Like, and I love that so much. Like he's just one of the best writers. Oh, he um, hands down. Yeah. And there's a reason why his band yeah. just became what it was. I mean, they, obviously they worked and worked and toured and toured and toured. Oh, super, yeah. When he dropped out of high school to do it. But I mean, the songwriting mm -hmm. has always been there, even from the first, you know, 1039 smooth out slappy hours. I record even like oh, all yeah. those songs like Paper Lanterns. I it's love like, Why Do You Want Him? Oh my gosh. Yeah. What a great song. He wrote, did you know he wrote that when he was oh, yeah. 13 or 14 years old? That was like the first song he ever wrote. Jeez. He wrote it like it. about I his knew, sister. I, knew it was. I didn't realize he was that young. That's yeah. crazy. He wrote it about his sister's boyfriend that used to call the house all the time and he would like get annoyed by yeah. it. So he wrote that song about it about it when he was like Dude, 13 that's years old. Awesome. Yeah, it's crazy. That's so cool. <laughs> also, like that's yeah, like for me, what to answer your earlier question, I don't think I did. I, I didn't start writing till I was probably I think I, I wrote my first song when I was like 16 or 17. Okay. I wrote one song because I, like, I always wanted to write. And again, because like my biggest heroes early on were like Paul McCartney and Billy Joe Armstrong. Sure. And like they weren't my heroes. And I like I think McCartney is like a stupid bass player. He's unbelievable. It's just like if yeah. you listen to those bass lines, like that's a song by itself. Mm -hmm. But like, you know, when you're 10, like it's not the bass line I'm falling in love with. It's the song. It's the voice. And same with Green Day. It's like I love the guitar. But what you know, what got me about those records weren't just the riffs, it was the song. So like, first and foremost, like, I think there was always that bit that wanted to write. Mm -hmm. um, but I was kind of too scared to try it. And I didn't sing also. So it's like, well, shit, like, it's gonna be awkward. Like, how do you explain to someone how to sing a song? Like, if you don't sing at all, like, mm -hmm. not like I kind of sing, it's like, I really didn't sing at all. It's like, what am I going to do? Like, write it and then be like, okay, I'm going to play the melody on the guitar for the singer and be like, emphasize this. Like, I don't know. That's just like, that's yeah, an awkward yeah. thought. So like, I, <laughs> I just never thought of it's like shit. So like, yeah, when I was like 16 or 17, I like wrote my first song and like sang enough to, you know, iPhone note it. And then I was like, I think everyone goes through this. Like the first few songs you write, you're like, fuck, like I'm never going to be able to top it. Like I'm, I'm, I have nothing else I can, I, what else am I going to yeah. say? Like, I can't do better than that. Like, right. Oh no. So I'm like freaking out. I'm like, I, I don't know how to write another song. Shit. So then I didn't write anything. I didn't even try for like a year. Oh, wow. And then my last year, then my very last year of high school, I wrote one more song. Um, and then, yeah, I guess when I got to college, I started writing. Like, I got like serious about writing. I was like, okay, like I'm going to write songs. Like I want to write songs. I know I can write songs. I just have to figure this out. But like, mm -hmm. if I don't actively choose to like sing and write songs like i like it got to a point where i'm like i have to choose like i'm gonna sing and i'm gonna write and i'm gonna just like you know shred that until it's good i was like 19. okay um, did you ever show those early songs to anybody like, or were they just kind of there in your your iphone notes iphone messages you said i showed yeah i showed a couple friends i showed okay. um i showed my buddy jackson the drummer i played with because he was starting to write stuff too like we would we would always be like, let's write. And then we'd end up hanging and just like playing acoustic guitar and <laughs> drinking coffee, being like, we should write, we should write. And then we never actually did. Um, <laughs> and I remember once my dad heard me playing one, he came in. Cause like, especially at that point, I was listening to like a ton of like folk stuff and a ton of like Laurel Canyon stuff and all that. Mm -hmm. 
And he came in, he was like, oh, what were you listening to? It was actually really cool. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, oh, like, well, what was just playing when I was walking up? Like, it was cool. And I was like, oh, that was something I wrote. And he was like, wow. what? And like, he had never heard me sing or anything. And like, cause I, I didn't even think of myself as singing then. So like, that was like, that was definitely like, all right. Like, and he's like, play it again. I was like, fuck no, please no. Like, <laughs> I like, I'm, I'm like, I don't have to play. He's like, no, just come on, just play it again. It's like, I like, wouldn't look at him like, here's the song. And he's like, yeah. that's actually really good. And like, he got me a mic. He's like, here, so you can like record ideas and stuff into your laptop. And um, so that was, that was definitely cool. And that was like, oh, wow. that and my buddy Jackson both like vibing with it were like the first times so I was like, okay, like, I don't know exactly how to do this on repeat, but I know I'll figure it out. Like, right. I need to figure out like, like I stumbled onto a song that was pretty good. I like in context of a first song, like I'm sure. Mm-hmm if I pulled it up now, I'd be like, what the fuck? But like, <laughs> but it, it validated you as a songwriter. I mean, especially exactly, for your dad to like, walk in and be like, what is this? And he's wrote some of the biggest songs of all time. Yeah. So like that, that was definitely cool. And like, it was, it was definitely a good, like, okay, like I can do this. Like, I'm not crazy. I just have to figure out how, but I can. Right. Um, but the path to get there was like, especially as a guitar player, like no matter how much you love the song, like, you know, if you play a certain instrument, you're probably going to like binge that genre, like whatever is like, you know, you don't have a lot of metal trombone players for a reason. It's like, you know, you kind of go with where the instrument fits. Right. And for me, like the gold mine of guitar playing, at least foundationally is blues for sure. Mm-hmm. Like, like if you yeah. want to be a great guitar player to me, um, you've got to at least get, blue stuff like all my favorites if not even like brian may is one of my favorite players in the world same as mike campbell from tom petty Uh um and like they're not like blues blues dudes but they clearly are very informed by it and clearly like get it so i was like all right i'm gonna be able to play this shit inside and out and like i got super into it and it was something like i'd heard like everyone's like oh if you want to be great like you got to play the blues and like it had never quite clicked because like to me blues was kind of like the slow down don't and, dun, dun. and mm-hmm. I was like, and then I heard British blues. I heard like early Fleetwood Mac, like, you mm-hmm. know, like 20 year old Peter Green and like, you know, the Beano album with Clapton when he was like, I think he was like 21 on it and like Yardbirds. And then yeah. I, then I got led back to some of the American stuff that was like, oh my God, like Freddie King and Buddy Guy and like the American guys who like really put like, oh, in it. Like that's sure. the kind of blues I love. Like anxious blues, not just the like very like, you know, like nervous blues. That's right. And I was like, okay, like to me, and it's still my favorite players are like those guys. So like that was, you know, I spent like probably three years between like 14 and 17, just being like, I'm going to get that good. Like I'm going to get to like where I want to be, like where I can play and dial in the sound and get the feel of all my, all my heroes, which like was amazing because it was super, super fun. And I think it made me a really great player. Um, but it definitely was like, not the pop line. It was like, it's like almost the opposite. It's like, sure. what's the opposite of pop blues? Like, right. even though I think it, you know, everything's an evolution and blues informed rock and roll, which informed rock and then new wave. And then, you know, of course, yeah, it all well, you got- ended, it ended up, but you got 70 years between them. So it's like, <laughs> right, right, right. it's know, not like it happened you know, over the-, the course of like five years. <laughs> no. So like, then when I got really into writing, like it's an interesting thing where you're like, all right, I need to now take everything I've done for the last three or four years and, you know, like really pride myself at being good at. Cause like, you know, I was great. Like uh, at that point as a guitar player right. um, within that arena, like if we're talking like blues, blues, rock, like that kind of thing. Um, but then I kind of had this realization, like, I got to this point when I was like 16, 17. I'm like, wait a second. Like I love playing this stuff and I love listening to some of it, but like on the whole, the stuff that I really love is like all this Laurel Canyon singer songwriter stuff. And like a lot of eighties pop stuff. And like, it's all the stuff with like big choruses and songs, like hooky songs. And I'm like, you know, I, I realized like I hit this wall where it's like, I didn't really want to be jamming for like, six hours just shredding solos i wanted to be playing an acoustic guitar and figuring out like okay why does this song work like mm-hmm. why do i love this song and only like this one like what 
you know what I mean? No, um, I totally understand. Sure. So that was where I was like, okay, I have to figure this out. And that was like end of high school where it was like, it's a weird thing to be like, all right, now I have to figure out how to forget a lot of like, cause you know, what might be really good in this genre is like that it's the opposite of what you want to do here. And it's like, you know, it's a, it's a weird thing to like, okay, now I have to, now I have to whittle down like, this is what I love about it. And this is what I'm going to keep from this and what makes me, you know, unique and can help shape my view. But then this other stuff around it, that's more baggage. Like, let's leave that here and try and, so it's a, it was a weird, like, you know, I ended up, I've always loved pop stuff and I ended up, you know, now that's, that's very much where I'm at is like mm-hmm. doing the stuff that I want to make and the stuff that I love, but the, the way I got there was very roundabout, which on one hand, you know, I think gave me a lot of what can set me apart, um, whether it's vocally or arrangement wise, or just kind of how I approach stuff. But it was also, you know, a huge pain in the ass to be like, (laughs) okay, like. But it's easier to strip back stuff than, I mean, you have the foundation, you know how to play, like you can rip all these solos, right? And then you have all of this stuff that you already know how to do. And like, I'm bet it's easier, not, I I mean, I don't know if it's easier, but at least you can just peel back, you know, things and take it away from, to kind of create the more simplistic pop than it is to like, okay, I want to try to write a pop song, but I really have no base of anything. So I'm going to just attempt it. You know what I mean? You like had the spectrum of everything. Like it, it, it's, it's so weird. Cause like a couple, a a couple of the guys I work with now and one in particular is like uh, one, he's like one of those total, like just like savant Swedish writers who like, he could like stub his toe and the melody that comes out is going to be just fucking gold. And it's like (laughs) insane. Like it, like he's like frustratingly good and he's like the best dude in the world and amazingly talented. And, you know, I love working with him because also our overlap of kind of what we like and dislike is like, it's the perfect balance where we make some really cool and some weird stuff as a Mm -hmm. result. But like, it's an interesting thing where it's like, he comes from more of a DJ perspective. So his background was loving music and then seeing what music people responded to. Sure. Um, like I'm talking like, like live, like, like club, club DJ, like, yeah, like club, like, okay. What gets people going? This, right. this makes them stay on the floor. This makes them leave. This makes them <laughs> lose their shit. Like, so, and which is an amazing perspective because my perspective growing up was, okay, I'm alone in my room. What makes me vibe? What makes me happy? His perspective was what makes these 400 people happy? So it's, I think a different, it's a slightly different approach. And I think his informs pop a little bit better where it's like, you know, and that's something I'm learning to appreciate now. And it's like, I'm a terrible keyboard player. Like I'm really, really bad. Um, and it's somewhat intentional. Like I, at this point, cause I, I produce and I program a ton of stuff. Like I have mm-hmm. to be decent enough that I can put it in, mm-hmm. but like I never practice any piano stuff at all or keyboard, whatever you want to call it. Cause like, I feel like that takes some, and I know this sounds like hokey or silly or whatever, but like, I think it takes some of the magic away. It's like, there's stuff that I would never dream of doing on guitar because like I know the guitar well, I'm very familiar with the guitar. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't dare to be that like, I'm going to play these two chords in the simplest voicing over and over. Like I just wouldn't do that. It wouldn't be my thought because it's like there are too many years of practice and honing a specific skill where it's like, no, like I'm a guitar player. Like I wouldn't do that. It's like, Mm -hmm. dude, I can't play keys for shit. Like, of course I'll do that. It makes it so much easier. Like, like, I think it's, it's a little, I guess what I'm getting at is it's freeing to just, you know be ignorant on that level because then you're not thinking about like is this good it's like no i really vibe with it like i could sit here and hear these three chords over and over with this sound there has to be a reason for that so let's just go with it like i think that's like a really a really really good you know thing to hold on to and a good perspective to get and that's like i remember when we first started working together like he was like if you can't play it with one hand on a keyboard, it's probably too complicated. And it's like, oh shit. Because then, because it also forces you like, and again, this is like, there's so much music that I absolutely love. That's like, 
like i love the beach boys so much pet sounds is like mind-boggling oh, and dude, like one of the best that's just like ever. the opposite it's like oh it's insane <laughs> it's like hey let's have a seven unique sections in a two minute 39 second song <laughs> right. and somehow it's amazing and somehow it works like the craziest part is not that they did it the craziest part is that it's like yeah and we're still singing it 50 years later from memory like right that's nuts like what <laughs> but but then you know there's so many other of my favorite songs that it's like if i sit down to play i'm like wait this is c to f the whole song is c to f c to f and maybe there's a break where they hang on f for like one extra bar and like that's <laughs> right, the whole song right. but but what that does is like that forces you to be really entertaining with the top line it's like if the if the foundation is really solid and you know gratifying but not complicated and not really i guess interesting it's like then it forces you to make the song super interesting where it's like okay then there's there's no room for good enough or okay you know melody or lyrics wise they just got to be awesome mm-hmm. and like to me that's interesting where like i never realized how hard it is you know like i was one of those kids who's like you know a 16 year old who's like oh if it's not a tube amp like i don't want to play that like what the fuck like it's like that's not real you didn't record on tape like that's not real right, music. right it's like, right it's like the worst <laughs> attitude ever it's like the most music snobby thing like and and that only comes from a place of like uh, of fear and not understanding you know i think like like if you get into and i don't i don't know exactly where that came from me maybe it was just being a stupid 16 year old being like no it has to be real but, but like, like all those bands, I, I mean like, those punk bands like you know if i'm back to green day and like rancid and all those bands played out of those, those marshall tubed heads in like a big you know totally. cabinet and now you see a band play with like a orange combo amp that's like this big and then it's just mic'd and ran through a bunch of stuff <laughs> But it's like, I think it's, and like, to me, it was like, well, if the Beatles didn't have this, I'm like, yeah, but the Beatles were using the absolute newest shit they could get their hands on to make stuff interesting. Like, like it's, I feel like it's about the spirit of pushing things forward, not so much, uh, you know, being beholden to, well, they didn't have this mic back then. It's like, okay, but if they did, they would have used it. So use it. <laughs> of like, course, of course. Like, you know, like there was a lot of that music snob, like when I was like younger and I was like, I had to outgrow them. I was like, wait a second. Like so much of my favorite stuff has synths all over it. Tons of my favorite stuff was tracked in Pro Tools and Logic because it came out in the last couple of years. Like, why am I hanging on to this? Like what? Because my favorite guitar players didn't have it. So like, you know, I think that was a very freeing thing to be like, no, nah, just like have fun and make cool stuff. And like, now it's like I get whatever guitar is closest to me and plug it directly into my computer and like oh, and use like, like the, the preset because you can change the oh, amps. Yeah, I, I mean, you can do anything on a computer now. It's crazy. Yep, I have so many. Uh, I have so many um, like channel strips saved. So it's like if I'm thinking, okay, like I kind of want this sound, I'll just pull it up and uh, immediately it's there. It's like That's it's so, so nice and like. To me, it's like, it shifted so much. You know, I guess I started, and I think it's helped for production a lot too. It's like, mm-hmm. I started as a guitar player. So it was like, it was all about sounds. It's all about like, how do I make a guitar sound like this? How do I do this? How do I, you know, get, and, and because I didn't sing or write, it's like, how do I channel that emotion from one instrument? It's like, I can only do one thing. How do I do it? Um, but now it's like, now I want the quickest path to the song. It's like the quickest the quickest way to get ideas in. But I think that background helped me dial stuff in quickly. So it's like from the idea being in my head to getting it out is a lot quicker um, because of it. And like, that's something I'm super grateful for. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the whole simplicity thing, like making two or three chords interesting for three minutes is like, that's a challenge. And I never realized, you know, when I was like a 16 year old blues freak, I'm like, oh, pop, like, which was also funny. Cause like, most of my favorite stuff I was listening to was pop. It was just played with guitars or it was from the sixties or the eighties or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, I was like, Oh, pop. Like, and then like I got to college, I moved to New York. He was like, wait, this is all the shit I love. Like, this is like, this is amazing. Like, what am I like? This is, I need to figure this out. Like, why am I not doing this? But like getting something great and simple. And I think also, cause like there's nothing worse than a bad pop song. Like, sure. Like a great pop song, amazing, but a bad, like when you tried to make a great pop song and ended up with a bad pop song, like there's nothing worse, but like, (laughs) 
but like a bad blues song is still all right like if you're like especially if you're a good band like you can take a pretty bad song and make it pretty good like it's so i think that's part of what is so interesting too is like there's not that much room for anything less than which i love about pop stuff it's like if it's not great you notice like you definitely mm-hmm. notice mm-hmm yeah, it's like when There's you hear it, hide behind. Right. People will say like, oh, I like it, like the a biggest pop song, you know, and they're like, I, that's so simple. I could write a song like that. It's like, well, then why haven't you? Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, exactly. That's like, like the easiest, like most cliche lyrics ever. It's like, yeah, that's why it's such a good song, because they thought of like mm-hmm. the most relatable thing possible and wrote, a, you know, an amazing hook and some lyrics totally. that everybody could really everyone can relate to. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I feel like there's not some of people are like, oh, like they sold out and went mainstream. Like, yeah, but now they connect with millions of people. Like, isn't right. that a good thing? Like, isn't it's like, goal? You know, <laughs> it's like they're making a good living doing what they love. And on a more giving level, I mean, a lot, a lot of people are taking something away, you know, positive and emotionally from that, where it's like, I would rather connect with a million people than a thousand for sure. Right. I mean, that's the thing that's funny is like when they, I haven't heard people say sell out in a long time. I don't know why, but like, I remember that it was like green day sold out or so-and-so sold out. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, like, what do you want them to sit, write the same record a hundred times? Like they're just progressing totally. in their like musical careers. And like you said, using newer stuff and pulling from different influences and just because they're so amazing, they can keep climbing the ladder how's it their fault it's like don't be mad they wanted to try something new like it's right. funny i haven't heard the term sell out in a long thank god like i think i think that's kind of gone away a bit which i love like with the whole internet thing like there isn't selling out anymore it's like as long as people vibe with what you're doing you can kind of do anything and like mm-hmm. you know the next song can be an almost different genre and like it's okay as long as people vibe and like i think that's amazing it's so freeing we're like now we're seeing like the weirdest collabs and like oh, yeah. just a lot of cool shit happen. And I think, you know, even when I, you know, cause I, I got into music right before internet music like exploded. Uh-huh. So like, yeah, like I heard the term sell out a lot too, but now it's like, yeah, I want my song in a car commercial for sure. And like, <laughs> yeah, you know, well, of it's, course it's you like, do. Yeah. like, I think all that stuff is looked at very differently now. And I think that's for the better. Like, I think, you know, the internet definitely threw the music industry kind of on its head for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think a lot of what came out of it was good. Like for sure, revenue structure is a little not the best, especially if you're a writer and we need right. to figure that one out. But like, mm-hmm. you know, we're in, we're in the process of figuring that out in a lot of ways. It's like, it gives a lot more people voices and a lot it's easier to like, look, like I happen to really love pop stuff. So like, it's pretty easy for me to find stuff that I at least kind of vibe with. But like, I have friends who have extremely obscure tastes and like really don't fuck with a lot of stuff, but the stuff they love, they love, mm-hmm. but it's like very obscure. Where like, you know, way back when you'd have to dig through crates at the record store for hours and maybe find one thing. Mm-hmm. Now it's like, you can go on Spotify and with a few clicks, there's a playlist of stuff that's like made for you. Like sure. that someone else like in, whether it was Spotify or someone else in their bedroom, like in whatever country or state made, and you happen to find, I think it's really cool that like all of the kind of barriers are, are down now. It's like, yeah. you can make anything and you can hear anything. And there's, there is an outlet out there somewhere for you. I love that. Cause I never, I never thought of it that way that like the selling out thing is kind of like we haven't heard it and like until you brought it up i was like oh yeah like selling out because now people are like hoping that they like go viral right it's like i hope my song gets uh, you know some tiktok dance move to it that makes it a billion plays or whatever like that's what people are shooting for now and it's not looked at as oh you sold out it's like oh my gosh that's so crazy like your video did this or your song did this totally like i think it's so nice that now it's like, yeah, people want to be successful. I'm like, that's cool. It's like, it's cool. Like however your song gets out there, like that's cool. And people are stoked on that. And I'm, I'm, I'm happy about that. I love that. Well, I want to talk about you and and your music for, for a bit here for a second. Um, so you, you said you went to New York. Did you go to New York for school or you just wanted to move there and get a different vibe? Okay. Well, 
both. both. Like <laughs> I wanted to move there and get a different vibe. And my parents were like, you have to go to college. I'm like, okay, I'm going to college in New York then. Like, um, it was like, you know, I, yeah, it was, I went there cause I went to school, but I went to school cause I wanted to go there. Right. Like, right. Uh, that makes sense. Did you go for music yeah. or is it something totally different? Yeah. I went for, it was called recorded music. So it was kind of like a bit of everything. It was like a little bit of production, a little engineering, a little songwriting, a little business. It was very like, like make your own, you know, major of it sure. kind of thing where it's like, it was kind of like a little bit of an intro, but like, thankfully, like it wasn't like the classic music school of like mm. classroom knowledge. It was like, everyone almost was adjunct and they're like, you know, because they were still doing a bunch of stuff and they're like very active producers, writers, and like, um, you know, music business people who are like, everyone was there cause they wanted to be. Mm-hmm. So it was like, the vibe was great because it was all people who were teaching cause they wanted to teach. And most of them were only teaching maybe one class, um, mm-hmm. because they were still doing their full-time thing and they just wanted to be involved with that. So like, that was really cool. And definitely, um, definitely a good experience, but the best thing about it was just being away, like being in New York. I think like being, yeah, but like, I think it's like important. Like you gotta, I love my parents. I'm super close to my family, but like, especially when you're doing something creative, like you need that time to like go do you away from all your other stuff, especially no. like yeah. high school stuff and that, like, I know a lot of people who stayed here and like, like I know they stayed here. Yeah, right. You know yeah, I mean? Right. Like, like you do you definitely learn something from from leaving where you're from. And I don't really understand that either. I I've come from radio and I'd done radio for a long time, uh, until recently. But like I remember I had a boss, a program director that was like telling people that were like trying to become full time DJs, they're like, Yeah, that you're you're a great DJ here in San Diego, but you're not a great DJ. Like you need to move, like basically he was saying, like, you need to move elsewhere get gain other kind of knowledge and then you can come back here maybe and be a great, but it's similar to what you're saying. Like you leave to kind of absorb a different, you know, totally. environment. And like, and I don't think it's so much like, it's not like, Oh, like you grew up in a tiny town. You need to get like, you know, out right. or anything. It's like, like I, I think it's the same as like living in LA, like LA is huge, but like just getting that different perspective, like having time, even if it's six months, like just having a little bit of time where you live somewhere that's like, nothing like where you grew up I think is really you definitely get something out of that and like so I loved it I mean I spent I spent most of my time like <laughs> coffee time just playing guitar and doing the show yeah dude oh I'm like yeah I, I was thinking like oh you know the thought ran through my head I'm like yeah I'll, I'll go downstairs after this make some coffee I'm like no I won't like, <laughs> it's interesting well it's cool that you chose new york i don't are you, i'm not sure if you're a fan of uh andrew mcmahon or his like like something corporate oh, or yeah, yeah or, or he had jack's mannequin but he his yeah, like uh, his second record his second solo um album he, he was born and raised or he was raised i should say in um san clemente area and he moved to New York okay. just to write the record. Like he moved there and like lived in a, you know, apartment there and just to soak, cause mm-hmm. you just to soak up the, a different environment. And then he wrote this amazing totally. record, but like, it, it just kind of reminded me of you. Like, you know, I'm going to move to gain a different perspective. I love that. And then you're back in LA now. Um, and what, like, were you re- releasing music or you didn't start releasing music until this past year? No, I, yeah, I wasn't releasing anything. Like I played in a band for a while there. I played like still when I first got out there, the first couple of years, I was just like playing guitar for different people. Like really mm-hmm. still, that was like, I think also it was a really good like buffer period. Cause like, it was one of those things where I was still trying to kind of sort my shit out. Like in terms of like, I knew I wanted to sing. I knew I wanted to write, but like, like I said, I was like late to that game. So I was mm-hmm. like, I have to get into this. Um, so the first couple of years was like a lot of really just taking stuff in um, taken in the city and like really living like, you know, and, uh, yeah, really just kind of putting down the roots a bit and playing (laughs) a lot, but not, yeah, but not, you know, not, I think I, I probably wrote a couple songs then. And then when I was like 19, I moved to Nashville. Um, Okay. That's where I'm at. I just moved here from Southern California or from San Diego. Oh, nice. Okay. That's why there's like nothing. Okay. So you're in Nashville now. (laughs) Yeah, we just like literally yeah, moved here a month that. and a half ago. <laughs> oh wow! Okay, where yeah. at? 
just south of we're in the south like uh, suburb by like Franklin. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's yeah. where that's where I lived. Um, oh really? Okay, yeah. So we're I down lived, here. Uh, I live. Yeah, I live like right, you know, between Franklin and Nashville. I was like ten minutes from downtown though, which oh, is cool. amazing. Nice, like, nice. But like I love area like, that or was, something. That like was a, great too. Yeah, yeah. there's like yeah, okay, like, right in Brentwood. Cool, cool. Um, but that was amazing because like every night I was jumping up with people, playing in rooms with writing, and like that was such a good experience. So like it was so much like that trying different stuff and like playing with different bands, playing with different people, and then I played in a band my last couple of years in New York, and then it was like. It was so much fun. I loved it. I loved the guys in it, but it's a weird experience to be on stage. And like, I wrote all the stuff mm-hmm. and being like, why, why am I not having fun? Like what's, what's going on? Like I'm on stage. We're starting to get more people coming out. Like we were just starting to consistently draw and like get some good opening slots. And it's like, yeah, but it's just not fun. It's like, Oh, like I'm not making the kind of music I really want to make. Like, you know, that it was like, like you said, like, it sounds totally different than my dad. It's like, what I was doing then, I mean, it didn't sound like Kiss by any means, but it was much more that format, you know, so, mm-hmm. you know, two guitars, bass, drums, and would, and it was super fun, but it was like, you know, cause I think I, I grew up in such a rock sphere. It's like, okay, when it's time to play music, it's like, I'll find another guitar player, bass, drums, we'll get a band together and we'll go. Right. That's what you um, yeah, knew. Which, which is awesome. And there's like, that's great. Like there's nothing, um, nothing bad about that. Like, I love, I love playing but it was, it was an interesting thing to like kind of reflect and be like, all right, what's going on where I'm not vibing with my own stuff. And it's like, well, the first thing is like, I'd be in the van on tour and like, I would thumb through what I'm listening to is like, okay, just on like a very obvious level and visual level, like none of these bands live look like us live in the sense of like, all of them have dudes running tracks or keyboard players or everything, because there's a lot more to it. And there's a lot more going on than just, three live instruments mm-hmm. so it's like all right i want to start i'm like that was definitely part of it was like i want to start incorporating much more sonically into what i do i wanted to be a lot more free where it's like i want to write something that maybe it doesn't work on guitar but it's still a great song it just doesn't sound quite right when it's just guitar um mm-hmm. so it's kind of one of those things where i just got to a point where it's like i got off from i'm like i'm gonna stay back in la i was still living in new york i'm like i'm gonna stay here a couple weeks um and just write the best stuff I can. Like I want to write exactly what I want to write and the best songs I can. And like, not worry also, cause then it was always about a little bit like the DJ perspective I was talking about. I was like, I was always writing to fill a hole in the set. So it was like, mm-hmm. you know, we weren't really shooting for slow songs. Cause if it's Saturday at like 1am on the lower East side, nobody wants to hear a slow song. Like, right. They so, ru- yeah. They want you know, to jump like, around. Yeah. So it was like, I was always writing to try and fill in holes and fill in where it's like, okay, well, people really react to this song. Let's write another like that. So this was like, no, I'm not going to do any of that. I'm not going to worry about the set. I'm not going to worry about how the other guys in the band will like it. I'm just going to write what I think is the best thing I can write. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I called a friend who's a, a producer and she was like, yeah, these are really cool. Like, let's do something like, so we just, you know, kind of uh, threw some tracks together and kind of just demoed them out because I wanted to show the band how I heard them not just like you know a lot of times I'd bring in a song but it'd be I'd play it for them on the guitar and then we'd kind of flesh out an arrangement but it was like no like these are important like I need to show them how I hear them Mm -hmm. because it was not how we played them so uh, my friend Leah and I just uh you know made these tracks and like I brought them in and they did not vibe with them and which I get like it's yeah no but I get it because it was like you know, it wasn't what they signed up for. It was a totally different thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also get that it's different too when you've been in a band and, you know, you're playing together and yeah, I wrote all the stuff, but like we would arrange it together and kind of everyone put like a little bit of their own sauce on it. And this was like, here's the song, it's done. This is the bass part. This is what the right. drums are doing. This is, like, this is like, this is done. Like this is an arrangement. This is every part. So like, I get it. I totally get it. But like also from my perspective, like there's no other way to do it. Like I had an idea, like I needed to get it across. Mm-hmm. So like, that was when it was like, all right, like we got to go kind of our separate ways and they're playing out there. And like, I'm out here now. I'm, I'm right after that. I moved back to LA and I knew uh, this guy, Andreas uh, Carlson was like an amazing, amazing writer. And I kind of sent him a few songs here and there. He's like, yeah, like he was one of the first guys too to like, I sent him a song when I was like 20 or 21 that was like 
the first time I was like, I'm going to like write, I'm going to like really write, like I'm going to focus on writing. And he was like, this is actually really good. Like you should really keep writing. And then I sent him another and he would like break down songs he'd written. I loved and was like, this is how I approached the lyrics. This is what we did for the music. Like he was really, really cool about that. Um, and that was one of those like, okay, like if he's saying I can write, I got to chase this. Like I got to <laughs> put the work in and just do sure. it. Um, so I talked to him and he was like, yeah, if you're not happy, like come to LA, uh, we'll do stuff. Uh, so that's what I did. I, wow. um, you know, that's when I was like going back and forth a lot. So I, I had lunch with him and he's like, if you're not vibing with the band, dude, like you got to do you like come out mm-hmm. here. We'll write, we'll figure something out. And that's exactly what I did. I went back to New York. I packed my shit and I came here. Like, <laughs> and he, uh, he introduced me to a few people that like I work with all the time now. And, uh, just like, I really jumped into it. And the first, the first year was basically just like a crash course in like, great pop from them mm-hmm. you sure. know it was like okay let's take everything that i'm good at and now let's make it accessible let's mm-hmm. say and it's like that was like that was such a lesson too in you know introducing other perspective when you're working where it's like like i make music for me because i love it for mm-hmm. sure like i love it more than anything but what i love about music is the way it connects with people and like you can't forget that when you're writing it's right. like you got to remember like okay I love this line or I love this chord change, but like, is this going to connect with people or do I love it because I'm a musician who does this stuff 10 hours a day, 12 hours a day. And I've heard so much shit that like, this is kind of weird. I haven't heard it. So it connects with me. It's like, yeah, but I haven't heard it because it's not as effective. It's, it's not as good. Like, mm-hmm. so I think it's a good, it's always a good check to like, I like to go in my car and listen to stuff. Cause like, that's the one place where I listen purely as a listener. Like sure. I'm definitely not playing guitar or trying to like dissect tracks while I'm driving, you know? So like when I have yeah. music on in the car, it's just like, do I vibe with this like on my gut level? Like, uh-huh. so I think that's a really, like, that's how I test everything. It's like, I'll pull a song up and I put it in a playlist of a bunch of my favorite shit. And then I just drive around. And when it comes on, if it's not as impactful or as exciting as the other stuff, and I go back to the drawing board. That's a brilliant way to, to, to play it and kind of test your own, your own music. I mean, I love that idea. Uh, yeah, I feel like it, well, it's just so helpful because like it's also super frustrating. We're like, you make something like this is so rad, it's amazing. And then like the next morning, like I'm driving back to the studio, so I'm like, let's see how it holds up. And you're like, it does not hold up. Like no one is gonna like this. <laughs> yeah, um, sure. Well, better okay. to know before you try and show everybody. Right, right. Well, I love the the song that you put out recently. Well, last or February, I guess. These months keep going so quickly because of oh, dude, I know. everyone's inside. So. You put out El Camino. That's the most recent song you've released. Yeah. I love that song. And are you Thanks, putting man. together like uh, a, an EP? I mean, obviously you're putting yeah, stuff so, out under your name now. Like, tell me, tell me what you yeah, have coming so, up. Yeah, right now. I mean, it, COVID kind of threw a wrench in everything. Um, sure. Were you in but, LA when that happened or were you yeah. still bouncing back and forth? Okay. No, I was in LA. So I've been in LA the last couple of years now. And I, um, I was here for it. And it's just like, it, it's... It's a, a wild one, but yeah. like, you know, started releasing stuff this year and it feels so good to like finally start to get a little bit normal again. Like I just got fully vaxxed like this last week where it's like, okay, it's starting to feel, and like the vibe in LA for a minute was horrible. Like there was a period where it was just like a dark vibe. Like oh, yeah, you did was... not want to really go out and drive around cause it was just sad, but like- It was sad and scary. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's like, but now it's definitely changed a lot. Like it feels good again. So like now- I've so, so much stuff I want to get out there. And it's like right now, just putting the last touches on a bunch of mixes, filming videos, it's kind of like yeah. getting really everything together. Cause there's a lot, a lot of stuff in the pipeline. And especially over quarantine this last year, all I've done is be locked in and working on stuff. So it's, you know, and now, now it's kind of when it's going through the final check too, of like, all right, before I put this out, like, does this hold up? Cause like, yes, I thought it was amazing when I was alone in September and the world was shut down and <laughs> right. there was no context, but like, you know, so it's, it's definitely interesting to see like certain songs that I didn't think much of, let's say maybe then are actually really fucking good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a couple that were like, no, this is the shit. I'm like, definitely not the shit. Just, just shit. Like, you know, it's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, kind of swapped there a little bit. Yeah. But like, cause like, it's also weird for me. Like, I think any, maybe not, but for me being creative, like 
I was going to say anyone creative, but it's definitely not true. I know some amazing creatives who like literally just sit in their rooms and like spur out the craziest shit. And it's like, I wish I could do that. But for me, like I got to take stuff in. Like I really, I really have to take stuff in in order to make stuff. And it was kind of a year of not taking stuff in or taking the same stuff in on repeat. Mm -hmm. So that was definitely something to, to figure out how to get over and around. Um, and that's where, like, I think it was a really interesting year because it was a process that I think I got some really, really amazing stuff out of, um, but also definitely wrote some really bad stuff. Like, and, you know, now, but now it's, it's great to see kind of like light at the end of the tunnel. So now it's just going through everything, organizing the next few singles and, you know, with how much time I put into music, it's like, I want to make sure the visuals and everything else are on the same level. So it's like, you know, now just planning the videos for everything and getting it all together where I can blast out very quickly because, you know, there's sometimes I have a tendency to, it's like, I get so amped on the music. So I'm like, just get it out. Let's just do it. Just do it. Just do it. It's like, wait, wait, wait. Like I spent so much time on this. Like, let's at least give it, you know, the, the content around it, it needs. So like that's, that's proper release. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So that's, that's kind of it now, but there's so, so much more coming. And, uh, I got a call tomorrow to kind of figure out a order of things. And uh, it's just going to be single after single after single leading up to, you know, a couple different EPs, but uh, it's, uh, it's exciting. Like I'm so happy to finally feel like, okay, the world is like moving in a good direction, at least a little bit again. I love that. Well, and I, and again, man, I love the song. So I can't wait to hear um, the rest of the songs that you've been working on and your covers, man, your covers are cool. And I really want you to like, it'd be so dope if you did like a, cause I love, like I said, I've, I'm not a big fan of the weekend, but the blinding lights cover is, I would listen to that one over the, the original. And so I I want you to, it would be rad if you did like a, like an old, like really punk Green Day song, like just because I know you could do it. Oh, like, dude, that's super dope. <laughs> you know I, what I mean? so fun. I've never thought of that. Like, I'm totally gonna do that now that you said that. Like, I. It's weird. Like, I do never like Burnout by yeah, like like, I, like the first song of Duke here, like just yes. something like so like does like so left field. I think that would be so sick. I <laughs> oh, did. Welcome to Paradise. Like, oh, that'd be rad too. Just like acoustic that'd be dope i'm totally yeah i'm i'm gonna do this <laughs> that's amazing well dude evan thank you so much for for hanging out with me for a while like i really appreciate it i do have one more question dude, thank for you so you. much for having me yeah yeah I of want, course do you have any advice for aspiring artists dude i'm just trying to grind it out like everybody else right now but i guess the best thing i can say is like it was advice you know my dad gave me uh and a few other people along the way um is like, you can't control how talented other people are. You can't control other people's luck or situations or anything else, but you can control how hard and how often you work. So like, you know, I feel like, uh, you know, I, I actually, my mom told me a, a story. She knew about Stevie Ray Vaughan from Texas, where it was the same kind of thing of like, luck is just opportunity meeting preparation where it's mm-hmm. like, you know, so both my parents kind of drilled into me, like just work and like, work and keep yourself open to opportunities and like you don't know how to work out you don't know when but like that's what you can do so like that's what you got to do it's just like work constantly and then when that opportunity presents itself run with it and you'll be ready for it so it's like just work and I love that that's like the one thing i was like like when i first moved back to la i was working at this store in silver lake like eight hours a day then going to the studio for like 10 hours at night which was like an hour away so i'd come home i'd sleep for like three hours and then go back to the store and like i was falling asleep i i can't believe like they liked me so i was like i was very lucky they were chill but like, <laughs> yeah i'd fall asleep at, i fell asleep at the register like in the front <laughs> multiple times oh, like but like the motivation was always like like i'm very grateful for the uh that store a couple of my my friends friends own it and they were so sweet and so cool and i'm super grateful uh because they put up with me but like dude my motivation was i didn't want to work in a store like you know i didn't want to work in a store and i figured yeah like afterwards i'd be like i'm tired maybe i'll take a night to rest i'm like no because that's 10 hours that i won't be working and that's 10 more hours i'm gonna have to work another time before i don't have to work in the store so like you know it's it's i think that's the motivation for everything is like just knowing that 
there's always someone behind you who wants to take your place and you got to just work to make sure it doesn't happen. So that's, that's really it. Like find what you love and then work.